You're listening to The Humaning Podcast with real conversations as we call bullshit on everything capitalism, the patriarchy, and white supremacy culture has duped us into believing about self-care, mental health, fitness, wellness, and all things life. I am Steph Galante, and I created this show to support badass people doing solidarity work in pursuit of disrupting these systems in their lives and communities. Together, we'll discuss how systems of oppression are keeping us unwell and disconnected from ourselves and each other, and how to best support you in creating more aligned self-care practices that will help you human more easily. It's the shit we need to talk about. Hey friend, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to put out a quick reminder to you that this Saturday, January 21st, is this month's Community Circle at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time. The link to register is in the show notes, and I cannot wait to share this space with you to come together, to hold one another, to connect, to breathe as a collective, meditate, to tune into ourselves more deeply and create space for inquiry, for simply just being, all in the name of the care that you so deeply show others for you to bask in that. So I hope to see you. And without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hey there, welcome to episode five. We are going deep again today. And the shit we need to talk about is staying grounded and uplifted in your wisdom and your knowing of what would be supportive for you this winter. Breathing fully and deeply, leaning into the spaciousness of the atmosphere and simply just being with this invitation from winter. The ethical practice of satya, truth-telling and living your truth and practices for bringing more ease and spaciousness into your life to support you in living your truth. Now, in last week's episode, we dove headfirst into a conversation that disrupted society's push for, you know, hitting the ground running and new year, new year, improved you, all that stuff, right? All that messaging and interrupted it with a focus on nature's call to continue sloth mode from the last week of December. We talked about examining your relationship to slowing down and resting, exploring the yoga philosophy of ahimsa and the practice of not causing harm, especially towards yourself, and how this connects to your slowing down and rest practices. We also discussed getting bold in saying out loud the care you need and creating space so you can show up for yourself to honor how you want to feel. And finally, we discussed support for moving through the tough stuff that arises from inquiry and taking action. So I'm curious, if you listened to that episode, what came up for you? What's coming up for you now, whether you listen to that episode or not? What are your thoughts? More specifically, what are your thoughts and feelings around the new year and society's new year vibe? What is your new year vibe? And is it different from last year's or past year's? I don't want to say more importantly, but in addition, how are you feeling about winter's vibe of stillness? and the invitation to rest, reflect, 
rejuvenate and imagine. We've been talking about this for nearly probably four weeks, maybe, yeah, all four of the first episodes, we have been talking about this, right? We've been talking about the fact that winter is an opportunity to be nourished and resourced mentally, emotionally, physically, and energetically. We are talking about being warm and steady from the inside out. We are talking about mindful awareness of the early signs of imbalance between the two energies at play this season. And friend, remember, winter is a whole season, like in caps bold, whole season, as in three months of time from mid-December to mid-March. And it's completely wild to me that society gives us one week at the end of December for all of this goodness of reflecting, resting, rejuvenating, and imagining. This is a very big problem. As I mentioned in the Surviving Capitalism in the Winter session on January 7th, and if you missed it, if you missed that conversation, friend, let me tell you, it was rich and deep and beautiful, and I'm so grateful for it. Can't wait for the next one. It's not to be missed, but I digress. <laughs> and let me get myself back on track, right? As I mentioned in that workshop, in that session, after we have this week of quote unquote rest at the end of December, we are supposed to have a full plan in place for our self-improvement, our gym schedule, our diet plan, and how we are clearing out all the junk and clutter from our living spaces, relationships, and our own person all ready to start on January 1st. And not only that, we've got to then keep going at full speed, high intensity for 51 weeks, unless you are resourced to take a vacation in the summer when it's culturally acceptable to rest again. And throughout the entire year, if you do not account for your particular energetic needs, which are affected differently by each season, friend, if you do not adjust your self-care practices based on your needs and how the season's qualities affect you, if you are being pushed to produce 51 weeks out of the year with only one week of downtime at the end of December, if we're lucky, This begs the question, is it purely winter and winter's energy, winter's vibe, that's the culprit for seasonal affective disorder, for heightened anxiety, or a feeling of being unsettled from December to March? Or is the problem society's pace and expectations that completely ignore the energy of each each season, plus limited access to resources for all due to, or most at least, due to the oppressive systems in place that are deepening people's depression, anxiety, and anger issues and causing more people to need support? Could it be that society's practices are not aligning with nature or your nature, especially in the winter? I want to be very clear. I've said this in the past. I want to be very clear, especially if this is your first time with me. I am not saying that depression and anxiety are not real. 
that they are not real in the winter, that they don't need attention. That is not what I'm saying. So hear me out here. As we've talked about in past episodes, if your natural energy or current state is aggravated by winter's energies, this is going to be a long ass three months, my friend. Because there are two energies present in the winter. And prominence is often felt geographically, but also personally as well. And the first most dominant energy is kapha energy. If you're living with a kapha dominance, that's the energy of slower movement, calm, stillness, darkness, steadiness, dormancy. An excess of this energy in the winter, of course, may leave you feeling lethargic, a sense of heaviness, unmotivated, and possibly a deep sadness. And it also needs to be pointed out that people with this natural energetic dominance may struggle on a normal basis, like outside of winter, with the breakneck pace of society and expectations of achieving as fast as possible. So living in contention with society for nine months out of the year, it is no freaking wonder why it would be so hard navigating a season that's dominant in this same energy as you. And is at time offering in excess of this energy. Not to mention for those who live with depression, winter's dark, dull, slow energy can really complicate this condition, especially if people are not already having support and practices in place to help them throughout this season, but also and also throughout the entire year. And that support can look at many different ways, many different things and practices can look at, as, at in many different things as well, right? Because it's not one size fits all, one size fits most, right? So support could be therapy, medication, et cetera, right? All these different practices. Because friends, remember, everything we do or don't do, it affects our mental and emotional health for sure, 100%. There's a second more subtle energy present in the winter and it's vata energy, which is mobile, dry, and light. That's present on your, you know, occasional dry, windy days, maybe also what causes the variability in winter weather. And this is really balancing and uplifting for kapha energy, for that energy that's like slow and, you know, calm and steady. Those people with a vata dominance, like yours truly, who are naturally unsettled, go, go, go in nature, or those with a pitta dominance, the people who are high achievers or currently experiencing an imbalance um, of this hot, fierce energy, the subtle energy of vata in excess will be really aggravating and can heighten anxiety or the feeling, the need to do, and thus will limit these people's capacity to rest. And an important consideration, on a normal basis, people who are governed by this mobile, light energy that's not usually grounded, for those people who are also governed by hot, fierce, um, you know, driven to succeed energy, they may not have a settled relationship with rest because it's not your natural tendency. And as a result, you may feel very uncomfortable with winter's call to slow down and rest. Or maybe you might feel unsafe doing this 
since society tells us we'll surely fail or be a failure if we do, right? Culturally, that might be the message you've been given. Not to mention also that schedule slowing, business closures, vacation time, and access to other forms of leisure is not afforded to all, and in large part, you know, those being BIPOC folks. So my friend, I have a big radical thought for you to consider today. Within the intersection of your identities, your experiences, your access to resources, how can you begin to reframe the way you view and approach the winter season? As three full months of time, that includes the second half of December, all of January, all of February, and the first half of March for your reflection, rest, recalibration, rejuvenation, and imagining. Because if you're listening to this when this episode drops in mid-January, that means we have two full months more of winter's vibe. I mean, you know, you could also consider climate change and the fact that today when I'm recording this, you know, it's going to get to 50 degrees here in January in New Jersey and then be back down to, you know, 30 degrees soon. Like it just fluctuates. And sometimes we have springtime here in the winter, right? Putting that aside because that's a whole thing, but a whole nother tangent. We don't have time to go on. We still have two months of winter's vibe left. So how can you slow your pace or purposefully tune in and endeavor to meet your needs in the smallest, sweetest ways possible? Because that's all that winter's calling us to. Not big, not fast, not shiny, small and sweet. Because the reality is, my friend, remember society's pace is not going to slow down and we cannot keep up with it anyway. Not that we're meant to, right? Your being is telling you exactly what it needs every day and every moment of the day. Or let's be for real. Maybe you're not really sure what your being is calling out for because you're so accustomed to bypassing your needs because society's pace and expectations aren't aligned with them. That's not your fault. This is the way society was designed to be. This is capitalism at work. This is all the isms at work. So my friend, I encourage you to get quiet and begin tuning into what your being is calling for, shouting for, and consider what is your truth that you've been moving and doing and burning out that you need rest and to rest more often but don't feel comfortable to or know how to, that you're constantly pushed out of your comfort zone by society's breakneck speed and you thrive though more in a calmer, steady environment. So you're feeling more exhausted by trying to slow things down and failing? Not because you're not trying hard enough, by the way. Or maybe it's that you've been pushing forward to succeed with incredibly high expectations of yourself and others and critical of yourself and others along the way that you really need space and softness, but there's no time or room for cultivating that without falling behind or missing the mark. Does any of that resonate? And remember, anytime I'm asking you questions, anytime I'm I'm reflecting back to you, Anytime I'm asking you or encouraging you to go deep, remember it's with zero 
judgment or expectation of me from me and guilt and shame are not even factors that we can welcome into the room at all. I've got to tell you, friend, I've got to remind you because you know this, the shift you so deeply desire is possible. And this, this, this time, winter, whether you're in the cold or you're still in a kind of, you know, warmer place where the shifts in winter are more subtle, this is the time to start the internal conversation with yourself of how to create the plan to do it. This is the time to create room to breathe fully and deeply, to lean into the spaciousness of the atmosphere and simply just be, to be dormant, slow moving, reflective, contemplative. And when I say that, when you hear those words and consider that invitation, how do you feel? Like, yes, let's do it. Or like, yes, but oh shit, stuff. <laughs> or is it like, hell no, that's not even an option. No matter how shiny, enticing you make the offer stuff. Think of it this way. The year is 12 months long. And this is month one. So if you shoot out of the gate at full speed or nearly that from now, will you maintain it until December 31st? Like I'm really asking you. If so, how? And at what cost to you? Not just financially, but in terms of your time and energy. Octavia Rahim, the author of Pause Rest Be, gave us some beautiful considerations and reflections along these lines um, at the end of the year and beginning of the new year. And I encourage you to look up her work. If you know you won't maintain that speed or at least without, not without a major toll on you, what now? Continue with the status quo that isn't working? Or is it time to do some disrupting in this area of your life and consider a more supportive and aligned way forward? Isn't it time to put practices in place so you can stay grounded and uplifted in your wisdom and your knowing of what would be supportive for you this winter? Because how can you stay grounded in your wisdom if you're constantly on the move? How can you be uplifted in your wisdom if you're constantly bypassing your need for a slow and steady pace, all in trying to adhere to a speedy pace that just causes you to press the brake harder and feeling down and even lethargic, maybe even more? How can you tune into your inner knowing if you're constantly pushing forward simply in the name of success and achievement? You know the answer. You can't. And I know you. You're the person who's gifted, who gets things done at a high level of productivity, who cares so much. But my friend, enough is enough. It's time to stop burning yourself out for society. This area of your life needs to be added to the list of ways you are dismantling toxic, toxic systems in place and how they are affecting you and your work and all the things you care about. My friend, one of the simplest ways, let me stop yelling at you now, right? <laughs> one of the simplest ways you can do this is aligning your actions with winter's invitation. Now, I'm not saying... Call out of work until mid-March so you can be dormant, quote-unquote dormant, in a cozy cave of blankets that you make for yourself. Although, that does sound delightful, doesn't it? 
<laughs> I'm not saying, you know, put all of your plans and dreams on hold. And I'm certainly not saying you need to tell your boss you'll only be getting one project done a day instead of seven or however many your amazing self gets done. What I'm actually, and by the way, if you want to do any of these things, you know, you you are a boss and um, just make good decisions and think things through. <laughs> Talk it out first. Don't be rash. But what I'm actually saying is start slow, right? Meet yourself in small yet potent ways. Last week, we discussed the yama or ethical practice of ahimsa. That's nonviolence or non-harming and how it applies to you beyond not physically hurting yourself or someone else. It's in your thoughts, words, actions, and beliefs, the way you uphold systems of oppression, the way you gaslight or bypass someone else or yourself. Often, especially for you disruptors, it's a, a, a way that you don't mean to, right? It's also in the way you force yourself to do something that isn't aligned with your needs or desires. It's, you know, not adding more to your plate when you know you cannot handle one more thing. This practice of ahimsa, of non-harming, directly connects to the next yama in yoga philosophy, which is satya, truth-telling. And that goes beyond not lying, friends. And it's living your truth. We've been discussing this in the Holistic Self-Care Collective, the ongoing mentorship program that is based in self-care coaching, personalized self-care coaching. And each member this month has been examining their relationship with Satya. Now, what I've been encouraging them to do, excuse me, is to take this a step further. And I want to offer this to you as well. Satya is an understanding that dominant culture represents one narrative that is not necessarily right or the narrative for all, and thus creating space for open and authentic conversation, learning and unlearning and understanding the stories, the experiences, the feelings of others, especially those whose identities and experiences are different from your own. And yeah, we went deep, right? This is a whole different conversation than simply not lying. But this is true. This is true truth, isn't it? And so the practice here is getting uncomfortable and taking a critical lens to your power and privilege and seeing where your blind spots are. When I say you, I mean we, us, right? But I'm talking to you. (laughs) And as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me as well. Because this is something that I really try. And as I encourage you, it reminds me to continue doing the same thing. It can also be entering into a deeper state of inquiry around the personal truths, biases, and judgments you hold that you may not even realize, right? Because they're just, they've been around for so long. It could be in the words you say to and think about yourself, especially in times of anger or fear. There are so many avenues and ways we're called to live in the practice of satya. Can you think of any others? And if you can, share them with me, please. When it comes to yourself, the first step of living your truth is getting clear about what's working and what's not, what you truly need and what you truly desire. 
and how you're meeting yourself along the way. Because what if you stopped lying to you, spiritually bypassing or gaslighting yourself? Seriously, what if? What would happen? What wouldn't happen? What could happen? What if you started to live fully into who the fuck you are? What freaking gloriousness could happen? What personal liberation and collective freedom could happen? This is the time to consider, to dream, to use the dormancy of winter to create space for the reflecting, the wondering, yes, the doubting, and the dreaming. And here's the thing. I know it can be hard to truly live your truth and truly not cause harm to yourself in a society that is designed for us to gaslight and bypass ourselves constantly. Living in a society where living your truth is watered down to being yourself, but in a way that's considered normal, quote unquote absolutely not weird or different or too much or too little of what society believes to be right, good, and strong. A way to push against this, to stick it to all the isms in place and bring more ease and spaciousness into your being, to truly live your truth, to learn and unlearn is through connecting to your breath, meditating, visualizing and simply being with yourself to create the opportunity for inquiry, for uncovering, for going deeper. And you can do this in between projects, in between emails, calls, questions and answers, in the pickup line, in the waiting room, in transit, when it's safe, of course, while walking the dog. You can breathe, meditate, visualize, inquire, simply be with yourself in all these ways and all these spaces and all these times. And my friend, I've created the monthly community circles as another option of support for you because you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to figure it out alone. This Saturday, January 21st at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we all gather online to be held in the same care you so deeply show others. Because remember, disruptors need to be cared for and have space to be held in too. As you support, disrupt, guide, hold space, and create ease for others as they move through life, who are you allowing to hold space for you? And are you allowing you to hold soft, expansive space for yourself? Space for you to decompress, lighten the weight of the work you do in the world, and put your own baggage down to tap into your agency. Because remember, you don't have to do it all alone or perfectly. You don't have to just give yourself just enough relief, moments of just enough. You don't have to simply reach out to colleagues, friends, partners, loved ones, only when it all gets to be too much. And you don't have to glaze over just how affected you are to everyone or to yourself. And I know you know, I know you know the value of slowing down, of getting quiet and curious, of creating mind space for yourself, of connecting to your breath, meditating, and amplifying your self-care. I know that what I offer in each episode is not new to you. It's reminders. It's reminders of your power and what you deserve and what your divine right is. 
I also know that you know the vibe you want to create for yourself and the space and ease you crave can only be cultivated by slowing down, getting quiet, and tending to yourself. And I know you know, and I know this for you, that it's hard. Life is busy. Time is of the essence. You've got shit to interrupt and people to take care of. These practices, these necessary practices, are not always easy to access or comfortable to sit in, even when winter is offering us this beautiful invitation to do it. Friend, you don't have to do it alone or solely on your own. The community circle is a place of care for people who care for others. That's you, right? A space specifically for disruptors to disrupt your own routines, your own discomfort with self-care, your own status quo, your own thoughts of the self-care you deserve, your calendar, your time, and all the barriers that keep you from making that time to do these practices or do them consistently. More importantly, my friends, and this is the heart of the community circle, it can be a place of support for the shit that comes up when you get quiet and the shit that comes up around the discomfort of that because shit will come up when you get quiet and it will be uncomfortable. And this can be a real, real barrier even for disruptors like you who know these practices are impactful because it can be hard to deal with the tough stuff we lock away, right? It's easier to not deal with it. Together, let's slow down, get quiet and curious, create mind space for ourselves, connect to our collective breath, meditate and amplify our self-care so you can continue to do your hard work in the world, show up authentically and resourced, live on your own terms for your personal liberation and thus collective freedom. Let's open space for ourselves to simply be without expectation or in support of someone else. My friend, support beyond your inner circle is here to lean on and uplift you. You can head to stephgalante.com slash community dash circle to register for this 30-minute session of connecting, of breathwork, meditation, of tuning into space for non-harm, for truth. I've also included the registration link in the show notes. I really hope to see you this Saturday, the 21st at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Registration has sliding scale pricing for this 30-minute session, which starts at $5. And friends, there is a free option as well. So I'm going to leave you with this consideration. They say the truth hurts. Or is it that it helps, that it creates shift and change and liberation? And maybe the only people it hurts are the people who are not showing up to the truth or to whom or for whom the truths in place and power uphold safety and having and being in power. Is it that the truth really is what sets us free? Until next time, my friend, please be kind and gentle to yourself just as you would those who are most precious to you, whether that's a human, animal, baby, or a plant. Take good care and stay connected. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the support I provided in this episode, for the questions I asked, for the stuff that made you uncomfortable, and even the stuff that I've overlooked, or maybe something that you're like, Steph, I don't know about that. You need to check yourself. Please reach out and share. 
check me as well. I'm so grateful for you, friend. You are a badass and you are enough. Be well. Humaning is a production of Steph Galante Self-Care, LLC. The show is produced by me, Steph Galante. You can find blog posts of some of the episodes on the episode page at stephgalante.com slash podcast, along with the transcript of today's episode and any other resources I shared today. If you're ready to create more aligned practices for yourself, head to stephgalante.com to learn more about creating a personalized self-care plan within the Holistic Self-Care Collective and coaching with me. You are a badass and you are enough. See you next time. Be well.